All right, listeners, welcome to episode 13 of the Moving the Chains podcast. This is Reek. I'm here with my co-host, Jake, and Dane is back after recovering from his sickness. How are you guys doing? Doing much better. <clears throat> I'm doing much better as well after three days have passed. I, I, yeah, I yeah. know. We're, we're both kind of struggling at the moment. It's It's been tough for Eagles I, I, and Bears fans this year. Steelers I'm not, too, but. I'm not, has it though? No, I have something to look forward to, kind of. I don't, I don't think you guys do though. No, yeah. we don't. We don't. Uh, Hope might be lost, but. but yeah, I think it's over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um. It was a flurry of trades that happened today. Um, earlier, we can start with earlier this morning. Actually, I like just woke up in like 20 minutes prior. Uh, Adam Schefter had broke the news that Mohamed Sanu was traded to the New England Patriots for a second round pick. Um, just wanted to got, just wanted to know one: um, Did you guys think that was too much for Mohamed Sanu? And two. Uh, how do you guys think he'll fit in with the Patriots' offense? Dane, I'll start with you. Well, one, absolutely, I think it was too much for him. This is a guy who he, he used to play with the Bengals, so I'm, I'm very familiar with him as a player. And still, you know, he's a guy that's never had 900 yards in the season. Now, that doesn't mean he's a bad player. He's never been the main option, you know. But as far as being worth a second-round pick, no. And I know that second-round pick is kind of like a, a third, early third, because the Patriots will probably be picking – what, like 63rd or 64th in the second round, basically yeah. at the end of the second round. So, like, I know that. But for them, they get a pass for it. But uh, I, I I think he'll fit in. It's no doubt he'll fit in. He's a guy. He, he's a big, strong slot guy. And, like, we talked about before and we saw with the, uh, when Antonio Brown played for them earlier in the season. They're the Patriots, they use that tight end. You know, not tight end. That's my fault. The Patriots, they use the slot and the tight end similar. And they'll put the big guys in towards the middle. When Antonio Brown was playing, he did a lot of damage from inside in the slot, just like where Gronk used to play. And that's just where uh, more than likely they'll be putting Sanu in it. And I heard this being pointed out on the radio, and we don't expect to see it too much, though. But now they all have two receivers in there that are capable of running, you know, uh, wide receiver passes, you know, him and Julian Edelman. And that gives the, you know, a little bit more, he makes it just uh, the offense just a tad bit more dangerous. And, you know, They'll bust it out in the playoffs like it's nothing. So, yeah, I like the trade. I think it works out for both sides because if I'm the Falcons, you know, if you're calling me for a second for this 30-year-old guy, absolutely. Take him. Yeah. I don't care. They was going to cut him in the offseason anyway, so. Absolutely. I actually have him on Madden, and I'm pretty sure I did that. Like, <laughs> cut him right in the offseason. But, uh, Jake, what do you feel about the trade? Um, <clears throat> I think it kind of like addresses a need for the Patriots. You know, I think they kind of needed that, that big six, two frame, like, you know, the slot. Cause obviously Edelman, uh, is their really only good slot guy at the moment. Uh, but at the same time, like you gave up a second rounder. I know it's more like a third rounder because of where their placement will be because of how well they'll probably finish likely a Super Bowl champion again, if yeah. we're being honest with you. Uh, so yeah, probably around the 64th, 63rd pick. Um, so it's really not terrible, but for, I don't know, for a second rounder, for a 30 year old guy who's never been a first option. And like Dane said, never had over, you know, like 900,000 yards receivings uh, season. I mean, that's kind of steep, but it's Patriots. So, you know, they're going to get the most and maximize the potential of any guy they bring into that locker room. So, I mean, in the day, it's not a terrible trade, but uh, I mean, it's, it's right for the Falcons. I think the Falcons got a lot of value for a guy like that, because at the end of the day, they probably would have let him go and he probably wouldn't have stayed there much longer. You guys took the words right out of my mouth, so I don't have to add any more input to that. Uh, 
<laughs> but uh, another trade happened today. Uh, the Broncos traded Emmanuel Sanders to the 49ers along with the fifth round pick in exchange for third and fourth round picks. Um, just wanted to know you guys' quick analysis of this trade. Anybody can start. Uh, I'll go ahead and start with this one. So the 49ers are obviously a pretty big surprise this year. And if you look at their offense, there's not like a ton of weapons. You know, there's not a lot of glaring playmakers on that offense, you know, besides in the backfield. Um, so for the 49ers to go out and get a guy like Emmanuel Sanders, a proven veteran who, you know, has posted big numbers in the past and is, you know, reliable receiver, um, especially from like, you know, this age, he's 32 years old, but he's still producing. That's very good. Um, you didn't really have to give up a ton uh, like, you know, New England did. So I think it's a really good fit for San Francisco, especially with Jimmy. It gets Jimmy a weapon. It gives them a new look. Um, it gives them, you know, the advantage to spread their field and uh, gives you some more speed on the outside or the slot, whether it be any of them, because he can play really any of those positions. Um, so good trade for the 49ers. Um, and as far as Denver goes, I mean, they're the Broncos at this moment. You know, they're not going anywhere. So it's just kind of a fire sale over there. It seems like I believe Chris Harris Jr. will probably be the next one out. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a good fit. Okay. Yeah, I'd have to echo those sentiments, um, especially about the Broncos, for one, because I find it funny, you know, you let Demarius Thomas go because you was cool with Cortland Sutton and Emmanuel Sanders, and now you're just letting Emmanuel Sanders go. And if you're giving up like this, that that says a lot already, because um, where do you really go from here if you're the Broncos? I, I still don't know, because you don't really have solid ownership right now so as far as that goes you're stuck with john elway and hell can't really fire john elway from the broncos i guess either so nobody's going to pull that trigger so they're definitely going nowhere but um this is a good move for the 49ers like jake said this is an offense that definitely needs more playmakers and um uh i know they drafted debo samuel from south carolina in the offseason he's been given the chance to make plays and he hasn't fully come there yet though but there's some sparks and uh they have other guys you know i, I definitely came into the season expecting more out of uh uh pettis uh dante pettis i was about to say austin pettis i was coming out and expecting more uh, out of pettis and um some of these other guys and he just hasn't quite clicked goodwin same as well but um emmanuel sandals would definitely fit and just be up to jimmy g to get in the ball yeah, I couldn't agree more. And uh, I, I don't want to speak from an Eagles fan's perspective, but I, this is a this is a great trade. This is literally a great trade for the 49ers. Um, I, I just don't understand why. What like what the hell is Howie Rosen doing? Like this this was a player that literally would have filled a need as far as like a, a player that can stress the field, and also he's a really good route runner. Like. I just don't understand why Holly Roseman did not pull the trigger and try to make this trade because this is actually a really good trade for the 49ers just because, I mean, they also got a fifth-round pick, and they all they only have to sit a third and fourth, and then you add uh, a really, really good weapon. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. But for the 49ers' sake, awesome trade. Couldn't, couldn't, agree, couldn't agree more with you guys. Um, lastly, uh, the Lions are sending safety Quandre Diggs in the seventh round pick in 2021 to the Seahawks for a fifth round pick in 2020. So I don't really think there's really much to say, just something worth noting. Um, fills a need, a, a small need, I guess, for the Seahawks. Um, <laughs> I don't think there's very much to say about that. Just I'm, look, the, the, Oh, yeah, there's not much to say about it. Look, the Seahawks. Russell Wilson a bust. The, the the run game, Chris Carson's good, but the run game isn't good. 
the defense isn't good on any level. Quandre Diggs isn't going to make a, a huge difference in that defense, you know, for the rest of the season. It'll be a nice player. He is a nice player, but that's uh, not much to add there. <laughs> yeah. And, and then lastly, it wasn't a trade, but the Lions are putting running back Kerryon Johnson on into reserve after he had a procedure on his knee. So I don't know. I guess that would wrap up the Lions season. I know it's kind of early because they're only like two, three, and one, but or two, yeah, they're two, three, and one. So, I mean, it'll also wrap up the fantasy that. season as well. Absolutely, because he's on like three of my fantasy teams. So there's that. Yeah, well, yeah. You it beat me last like week by one point. <laughs> I know, man. Man. You know, it just feels like with the Lions, you know, the start was pretty solid. And I don't, it's not a bad team, but you got to think, they took a couple tough losses in a row. And then he just, like, Kirk Cousins just, uh, man, Kirk Cousins just came in there and did damage to him. So it's kind of like, where do you, you know, you're, you're my recovery. And this will probably be an 8-8, eight 9-17. Eight, but, man, those were a couple tough losses that they really needed to stay yeah. afloat, you know. I couldn't agree more. And that, that, that NFC North division is so – crazy and i just wanted to ask you guys is the nfc north the best division of football right now um i think it was i think up until the past week or two it was because the lions have lost three in a row the bears have lost two in a row the, the defense isn't looking as strong as it was nor the lions are looking you know as good as they were um I'd have to go with the NFC West right now. As far as record goes, obviously it's the NFC West. But, I mean, as far as, like, play goes, you've got the Niners who are undefeated. You've got the Seahawks who are 5-2. and two, You've got the Rams who are 4-3, and three, but they're obviously a little better than, they, you know, they play. Yeah. And then you have the Cardinals who have all of a sudden won three in a row, and Kyler's looking good. I mean, yeah. there's no real easy win, you know, right there in that schedule. Whoever plays them, like, it's going to be a tough game regardless. Um, so, yeah, I'd, right now I'd say the NFC West. Dave? Yeah, I'm I'm leaning towards the NFC West too, and you know, on on that note, especially about the Cardinals, uh, they they came in there. And I know it was the Giants, but then again, as we was thinking going into the game, it was just the Cardinals as well. He he just came in there and ran all over them, and, and when you look at it, they they ran around them. They didn't run up the middle as much. They just the Giants couldn't set the edge for anything. You know, I don't I don't know who Chase Edmonds is. I'm going to keep it honest with you guys. I try to know who everybody is. I don't know who he is, but the man had three touchdowns. Bet you I know now. <laughs> I, t- I tell you that. So uh, I just I had to throw with the NFC West as well. There's definitely nothing in the AFC going on this year. Nothing yeah. at all. To be honest, there's really not anything going in any other division right now. Um, I mean, you look at the NFC East, that's just a shitstorm right now. But you look at the NFC North, I mean, that's second to the NFC West. Uh, the NFC South is a one-team race. Uh, well, no, no, no. I take that back. I take that back because the Panthers. I, I, t- I don't know how I totally forgot about the Panthers like that. Aren't they five and? It's because they no, just keep getting these quiet team. wins, and, and yeah, you know, no one really talks about them because it's Kyle Allen leading their team, and you know they're not really beating anyone of noteworthy. So yeah, I yeah. think the Panthers. We, we're we're looking at a team that'll probably go like ten to six and miss the playoffs. You know, yeah, it, it's possible. It is very I, possible. I can definitely see that. And then, I mean, yeah, you look at the AFC. I mean, the AFC West, we all know what that is right now. The AFC South is rather competitive, but I don't think it's on the caliber of the NFC West. Um, And then you have the AFC North, and that's really just a one-team race as of right now. Um, So I would have to agree with that. Also wanted to bring bring up something. I don't know if you guys remember, but Dana asked a question 
um, who was going to have the more successful season, the Cardinals or the Raiders. Uh, the Cardinals are currently 3-3-1, three, three and one, and the Raiders are 3-3. Three and three. <laughs> So it's kind of <laughs> neck and neck right now. So just, just wanted to bring that up. Oh, guys, I tweeted the picture off the page. But what is up with Derek Carr and trying to dive into the end zone with the football? Like, you, the exact same way, the, the exact same thing he did to the Cowboys two years ago that caused them to lose. He did it on Sunday against the Packers. He fumbled into the end zone. Of course, you guys lose the ball. And those were one of those game-changing plays because keep in mind, you know, I'm sure Jake would love to have this pointed out. The Packers' defense was kind of like Swiss cheese. The, the, the Raiders, the, they never stopped the Raiders. The Raiders stopped themselves continually yeah. on Sunday, you know, from goal line stands to fumbles to interceptions. It, it was just like, all right, you, you guys clearly don't want to win, but that Derek Carr fumble is like we laughed at you about this a couple of years ago. And it's fortunate that so much else is going on this week because I'm surprised nobody is getting on him enough about that uh, for what happened on Sunday. Does he just have small hands or something? Because I, I just, I just the don't second or third time he's done that. So, yeah. like, <laughs> like, how do you do that that many times? And like, has it been like addressed? Like, yo, use two hands when diving towards the end zone or something like that. Like, something like that shouldn't uh, happen consecutively like that. That's a big oh, momentum no. swing, too, because, I mean, you're about it to go is. from, like, scoring, and then you get a touchback, and then you've got the ball, and Aaron Rodgers is obviously on his game this day, so that puts more pressure on the defense to get a stop, and you know, back in, you know, in the back of their head, they're thinking, Yo, you just oh, went. damn. What happened? Yo, you just went crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it went, like, staticky in this, like, spazzed-out robot style. Oh, like- damn. You know what I think it is? I think it's because my stand, the stand that I have the mic on, like I actually have like a table. Um, one of like the parts where I actually like prop my table up, that's yeah. where like the microphone cords lay. So I uh, think they're just kind uh, of moving now because I have like a big table and the cords like hang off the edge and they hit this like part where it just kind of broke. So now they're just kind of like stuck in this little spot. I think that's what I think that's what it is. My bad. But no, what I was saying is that's a huge momentum swing because you know you turn the ball over right there, you get a touchback with Derek Carr. And then all of a sudden, you know, the defense is sitting in her back of the head. And they're like, oh, okay, well, Aaron Rodgers is unstoppable today. You know, and they're not going to get a stop. They have no confidence. And then momentum just swings, and Aaron Rodgers does the rest. It's funny that you mentioned that about Aaron Rodgers because someone had asked a question to Dane, and I just wanted to know the, uh, the answer. Why do people keep saying Aaron Rodgers is back when he never left? For one, did he ever leave? Just I don't wanna... think he ever left. I just think he didn't really have like a need to showcase what he's capable of this season. Like yeah. you look at that Cowboys game, Aaron Jones had four touchdowns. Okay, why would Aaron Rodgers throw the ball there? There's no reason for him to, you know, go out there and throw like glamorous stats up on, you know, the sheet. And then you have a couple games. Like you look at the game against the Bears. You know, that's the first game, you know, against a tough Bears team in Soldier Field. He's not expected to go in there and throw three hundred, you know, four touchdowns. Like he's facing, you know, kind of okay defenses. Um, you know, but that still doesn't really mean that he's bad or he left. I just think it's a testament to how balanced this Packers team is now, because in the past it was just throw, throw, throw Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers. You know, that's how far this team would go. Like they'd be carried on offense by Aaron Rodgers. But now they got Jamal Williams. They got Aaron Jones. You know, they got some solid running backs now that where they could have a more balanced offense. And I think that's why people started to think Aaron Rodgers kind of fell off is because we weren't seeing as much as him. But it's because we didn't need to. Dave, what you know, do you 
I oh. take it even a little step further than that. Um, you know, we if if you go from when he took the Packers on that crazy run back in 2016 and they went to the NFC Championship. And that was, you know, when he had all the Hail Marys. I think that was, uh, no, the Hail Marys might have been in the playoffs before. I don't know. But he took them on that crazy run to the playoffs, single-handedly carried them. And then from 2017 on, he just started getting really conservative. And people was, you know, you look online. And not just online, like social media, even on TV, they're getting on them for uh, Aaron Rodgers. Is, he, he He's not for forcing the ball well not 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 forcing the ball but he's not taking chances downfield anymore he's throwing the ball out of bounds he's taking the check downs and people started looking at him like you know he was washed up and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact of one why uh Mike McCarthy is no longer the head coach of the Packers it's not that McCarthy was ever uh a bad coach he just got stale there the offense got stale he didn't grow with Aaron Rodgers he didn't there, there, there was no adapting the 2016 and 2017 or even 2018 it just you saw how it ended, and I know Rodgers has spent some time being injured the last couple of years as well. Yeah. But you, you're not giving them much, and even there, we're 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 watching Aaron Rodgers single handedly. Just like I still don't know some of these wide receivers' names on this team. You know, I'm I'm going to be totally honest with you, Devontae. Uh, Devontae, uh, crap, I'm not thinking of his name right now. But Devontae Adams isn't playing right now. And uh, what Devontae is Adams, and you got uh, Veldes, Lazarus, and you got like, you got, you got Lazar. Yeah, Lazar. Lazar. My fault. I want to say Lazarus. Uh, <laughs> Geronimo Allison. Kumaro. It's like, I, you got Jake Kumaro. Yeah, you, I mean, you got some pretty decent people in there because Aaron Rodgers, you know, just like Tom Brady, he makes people known. Like, was Chris Hogan good because he was a good receiver? Probably not. He was a lacrosse player, but Tom Brady made him that much better. Same thing with Aaron Rodgers. Is Jake Kumaro, like, that great? Would he play great with Derek Carr? Probably not. I mean, you know what? I look at even on a note. I know we're talking about Aaron Rodgers right now, but it had me thinking Sunday before uh, Russell Wilson melted down. It was like Jerron Brown. I think he went to Clemson, and I briefly remember him from Arizona with Bruce Arian. I was like, he's got him catching passes. I don't know who David Moore is, but every week that I see the Seahawks play, David Moore is catching a lot of passes, and it's like, man, Russell Wilson is officially one of those quarterbacks that makes nobody somebody. And I'm just like that. That it's it's a good feeling to see when your quarterback does it, and you know, um, and it, it, it's a shame that there's somebody on this podcast right now whose quarterback has a couple somebodies at receiver and just still won't let him be anybody, and it sucks. And I'm not talking about you, Ricky, but I I can hear it in Jake. He's not he's not here. He's not here for the Mitch talk today. And I feel you, man. I feel you. All right, I hope you perk up though. It's exactly, exactly. Uh, Rick, do you know this guy, Mitch? I never heard of that guy. Uh, didn't Mitch. he when he came out? When he came out, didn't he want to go by Mitchell for a second, and nobody was listening to no him? No one was listening to him. He's like, "We're not calling you Mitchell. You're Mitch." Yeah, no, I don't. I don't even want to get into that. I just, that guy, I don't know. That it's guy. just, it's just frustrating every single day. I wake up knowing that I have no light at the end of the tunnel, and my quarterback is not going to get any better, and only regresses at 25 years old. Man, mm. or your coaching regressed too, so it's all good. My whole yeah. team regressed. Don't it's worry. terrible. I mean, I know you have a first place schedule, but like you can't just get like everyone regressed. Someone has to be better. The only person who's been better is Robinson. Mm. 
And you know, it's the story of Allen Robinson's life. When he was at Penn State, you know, that's why I, you, you had people talking about Christian Hackenberg is going to go first. He doesn't need to play any more football. No, that was Allen Robinson making him look good. Mm-hmm. Then you get to Jacksonville and Bortles. Blake Bortles. I, I still remember that year that um, Blake Bortles was like number 55 on the NFL Top 100 players because he had oh like touchdowns in all garbage oh time. It was like, nope, Allen Robinson just went crazy. Allen Robinson and Allen Hearns just went crazy for this man. It was like, granted, most of his yards still came in garbage time. It was just like, wow. Imagine if Mitch didn't have Allen Robinson this year. Oh, my God. It would be horrible. I don't even want to think about that. That's not a world I want to live in. I love Allen Robinson. (laughs) He looked like Carson on Sunday. My team was on the bye, so everybody can get it right now. That's right. You know, I'm safe for a week. You know, mm-hmm. still make this playoff run. If That's the Dolphins just, win on Monday night, oh brother, or oh man, it's gonna be bad for you. Wait, who looked like Carson on Sunday night? <laughs> I said Mitch. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know, he's real confident because like, his team didn't play. I, I, I caught the back end of that. I was like, yeah. wait. He's pretty, I don't he's pretty confident. I don't think he was talking about Carson. <laughs> no, he was. He actually went there. That's crazy. Hey, we, kinda, no, hold hold on. I saw, I saw um, earlier, I saw one of the Eagles reporters. He tweeted that uh, Alshon Jeffrey didn't talk to media, so he got dressed. And as soon as he saw the media coming, he left. And I'm looking in the comments, y'all, like, if he really is the team snitch, it's like, are y'all mad at him for saying these things? Because I don't think that he's been wrong with a lot of what he said. I don't know. But – not, not the Carson stuff, but, you know, more so about not going to get players and stuff. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. With the Carson thing, it, like, if he's the one saying, oh, even Peyton Manning checked down, well, I mean, he's actually checking down a lot more. It's not like Carson's out there throwing, like, 50-50 balls and going retarded. Like, I mean, he's actually been playing it pretty safe, and that's why the offense looks so stagnant at times. I mean, he has, what, 12, 12 touchdowns, four picks. So it's not like he's out there just just risking it. So I don't know where that comment came from. I don't know if that was actually Alshon. But if it was Alshon, then that's pretty stupid to say because that makes no sense whatsoever. But, yeah, as far as him, you know, getting upset that we could have got Jalen Ramsey, oh, yeah, I feel him on that. Like, I, I bet the whole team is probably like that. But Alshon's probably the only one that went to talk to Josina Anderson about it. All the fans, I'm sure, also feel like that. So, I mean, I'm not necessarily mad at him for that regard. In that regard, like, yeah, it is. It is bullshit. We have we didn't go get Jalen Ramsey when we definitely had the chance. I'll, I'll, and he's doing like, Howie Roseman's doing like damage control and was like, oh, like telling everybody, yeah, we get we we offer two high draft picks. It's like, what does that mean? Like, okay, you offered a one and a two. You knew that wasn't going to get Jalen Ramsey. Like, you knew that, and you still you didn't bother to go up any higher. And it's just like, you want to save draft picks so bad, and like, why? Why do you want to save draft picks so bad if you can't draft? You, you can't look draft at corners. Definitely can't draft corners. Razul Douglas was drafted in the third round of 2017. Uh, let's see. Uh, what's his name? What the hell is his Sid- name? Sidney Jones. Sidney Jones was drafted in the second round of that year. So it's like you, he wasn't. You he wasn't active on Sunday either, was he? He was healthy. He was, held, he, was he, he didn't play. They they put a they played a practice squad player over him. It's like he's been benched and like they've completely given up given up on on Sidney Jones. It it is what it is. I mean it's unfortunate, but it's just like 
I, I don't know why they even took the risk. Like, an, a, a torn ACL maybe is one thing, but uh, a ruptured Achilles at the cornerback position, like, Richard Sherman is probably the only success story as far as coming back from that type of injury at the cornerback position. You're just not going to see that. And I get he was young and whatever, but there was so much, so, there's so many other needs that you could have went after in that year. Like Dalvin Cook was still on the board. Joe Mixon was still on the board. We could sit here and talk about all the running backs all day. And we, and that's who you drafted. Sidney Jones, a guy that was coming off an injury and that wasn't going to help your team in that year in the first place. Like I, I still don't understand that. I, I, I never liked the pick to begin with. I wish I had my other accounts, but they've been suspended, but they'll mm-hmm. all say that I, I didn't like that. I like, I didn't like that pick at all. I don't, I've never been a believer of Harry Roseman, a drafter. Like, maybe, yeah, like, going to pick up, like, players that'll feel like depth positions. But other than that, I don't – like, Howie Roseman at times is just like – I don't know, man. Like, he's, he's – it's like he's incompetent. Like, one minute he looks like, oh, man, he's good at getting a bargain. But other than that, when it's time to go actually, like, get a player that can make an instant contribution, it's like he he just freezes up at the moment and it's just like, why? Like, what what's the point? You know what? I'm not about to get into that <laughs> yet because we got picks to get into. And right. Thursday night, well, I'm going to tell the listeners right now, it might not be a really long uh, segment as far as our picks because there's so many bad games. Last week was pretty, like, blah. This week is definitely going to follow suit. I'm not going to lie to you guys. So um, we're going to start with Thursday night. We have the Redskins, who just came off a 9-0 loss. Amazing. Um, against the Vikings. I don't know if there's really much to say here. We all picking the Vikings here. Of course. You know, I, I found it funny that uh, earlier Mike Zimmer, he's doing his press conference, and they was trying to ask him about basically it being a Kirk Cousins revenge game. And he was like, hold up. You know, I'm sure Adrian Peterson and Case Keenum's thinking the same thing. It's like, yeah, I mean, I don't know if Adrian Peterson's going to play. You know, he got a little banged up on Sunday. We'll see about that. But, um, yeah, we're all picking them. But the, this normally, I would say watch out because normally – this is the game they lose. Kirk Cousins, this is the game he loses. And I tweeted out the stat the other day. He's the, first, he's the uh, fourth quarterback, I believe, to have a, a 138 passer rating in three straight games. And Russell Wilson's the only player to do it in four straight. He's got a chance to do it again, and we'll see. You know, we'll see about the health of Adam Thielen, though. But this should be an easy win for them. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Jake? Yeah, like – Dane said there's probably not much to discuss here. The Redskins aren't a very good football team, and the Vikings have been on a pretty good roll lately. Kirk Cousins looks confident. Obviously, it'll come down to the health of, you know, his playmakers like Thielen. Um, you know, we'll have to see about that. I don't think he'll play, but given it's, you know, such an early game, I'm probably pretty sure they're going to give him the week off, especially to heal up because he's, you know, more of a integral part of the offense, and they're going to need him long term. So he will probably be without that weapon in Thielen, but I mean, regardless, they still have Dalvin Cook, and they simply just have the better team. I'm not saying the Vikings win. Uh, over or under on, on 44 total points in this game? Under. Under. Yeah, under. going to say that. Put that on your parlay, people. Put the under. Um, our next game, we have the Seahawks at the Falcons. The funny thing is, like, this game doesn't even have a spread, and I think it's affected because Matt Ryan isn't playing, but um, I think this is another game in which we could – all pick the Seahawks. Seahawks. Yeah. yeah. Especially with Matt Ryan, there's really nothing to discuss whatsoever. And they just lost the news. So, I mean, there's another guy they don't have. So, 
I mean, even even if he was there, uh, like he, I think it, the it wouldn't have like mattered. Giving up on Dan Quinn, it seems like. Like, I think everyone's uh, just giving up on Dan Quinn, including you know Dan the Quinn. NFL. Dan Quinn. Well, no, Dan Quinn's the last person to give up on Dan Quinn because he refuses to give up play calling. So, no, I think he still believes in himself. Unfortunately, no. As as we pointed out many times before, even if he gives up play calling, you didn't fire two defensive coordinators. You you fired three offensive coordinators. Does it really matter if you give it up? What you gonna do? Give it up to somebody else just so you can fire them too? No. Nope. Yeah. We'd we'll be surprised, like we said. Even though Dan Quinn, it's worth pointing out, Dan Quinn was the defensive coordinator in Seattle. That's how he got this job. But um, it's worth noting that they go into a bye week after this game, and if this is bad enough, he might just go ahead and get the axe then. You know. Yeah. So be on the lookout for that as well. I would I'd also for those betters out there, I would put this game in my parlay as well. I don't think there's like you're not. You're not expecting Matt Schaub to come in there and, like, break the ship. Sorry, it's just not how it works. So, it is not 2010 at all. <laughs> Exactly. I don't know why he's still in the league, but that's just another thing. Um, our next game, oh, God, we have the Eagles at the Bills. Uh, Dane, I'll let you start. I know you have a lot to say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, but, you know, I say fear not, Eagles fans. This is one of those games where, ooh, it's an away game. Yep. Mm. Well, you know what? You guys ready for some ugly football? Because the Bills offense is still the Bills offense. Uh, you know, I feel like this is a game where Jalen will get a pick. Um, I'm going to go ahead and call I'm calling it now. This is the type of game where he'll get a pick, uh, uh, a big-time big, big time playmaker pick. How about that? Um, I'm still going to pick the Bills, though, because they defense. I just see y'all getting smothered. And it's like – I kind of feel a little bad for Carson, but keeping in mind that I like I like when um adding context to what quarterbacks are going through. And fair enough to Carson, you know, he he he, he there's some plays that he could do, you know, be making better though, but everything else around him is such a train wreck. I mean, Miles Sanders can't he's not a good runner to me. He's not a good runner. Deep threat, yeah. sure, absolutely throwing the ball deep, but he can't find the hole for the life of him. You know, it's Alshon Wash. I don't know. Um Nelson, Nelson don't care. You guys saw, like, I, I know that you wasn't right. happy about some of my Eagles coverage on the page um, Sunday night and, and the video the next morning possibly, though. But him not even going for that ball is just like, bro, you checked out. You completely checked out. And where do you go from here? I don't I don't know. Like, what's up with him and Zach Ertz this year? It just seems like the connection isn't as strong as it was last year. Uh, it's just I, I, I just kind of feel bad. Everything's a train wreck. But he's a part of it, too. So, oh, well. Uh, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and take the Bills in this one. Okay. Jake? <clears throat> yeah, I did not expect the Eagles to come out and put a performance up like that. Like, I'm sorry. I did. Like, you know. I did. <laughs> really? Like, like a, a hold up, hold up. point game? Reek, now, didn't I guarantee the Cowboys win two weeks ago and oh, then sure. double down on it whether or not these guys were injured or not last week? I did. I, I knew did. this was coming. You yeah. know what? Like I said, it's worth pointing on, on this. I know this isn't an NFC East podcast, but I, I, I love to talk about it. But, you know, it's just worth pointing out that, one, Dak is pretty much done – pretty damn good against you guys his career last year was the turning point as far as him individually stat wise it had been Zeke the first two years but Amari Cooper has never lost a game in the NFC East you know he's never lost a game in the NFC East he's averaging over 100 yards against everybody he's got what seven touchdowns and seven games against them the Cowboys are undefeated with Amari yeah obviously clearly undefeated so it's like I saw it coming you know it's just like the, the rest of the division is really a train wreck and you know 
we'll get into the Cowboys more later. So I'll save some of this till then. So <laughs> Jake, oh, Jake. Buy this week. Never mind. oh well, you're good. <clears throat> yeah, so uh I did not expect the Eagles to perform the way they did. Obviously I picked them last week. Um I didn't think Dak or anyone would come out like that and just dominate them in every you know way of football possible. I mean, from turnovers to, you know, rushing to passing, everything was just the Cowboys way. Um, You know, it doesn't look like it's going to have, I guess, really an end in sight for the Eagles because they're going up against the top 10 defense in Buffalo in in Buffalo. And that makes it 10 times harder because, you know, Orchard Park is not really an easy place. Actually, is it New Era Field now? I believe it's New Era Field, isn't it? I'm not sure. Either way, Buffalo Buffalo is not a very easy place to play. Um, and obviously their defense is giving nothing up right now. Um, and Wentz, Wentz is kind of questionable with the way he's played. I did not expect him to, you know, have, you know, this, I wouldn't say like a regression, but, you know, this, uh, I guess, let, least, like less impactful of a season. I thought he was, you know, on track for like an MVP type season, uh, uh, you know, given the way he came back and he's actually healthy now. Uh, but, Man, the Bills' offense is not very good, but they are at home. Mm-hmm. You know what? It I, is I, a good matchup for the offense. It, it I, it's is. a good matchup. For yeah. You, give me the Eagles in this one. Barely, barely. But give me the Eagles. I'm not. I'm not riding the Eagles off just yet. I think this is the type of game that they can win. You know, because you don't expect them to. You know, they they're obviously expected. You know, struggle in certain games and all this. But like, I think they come in to Buffalo and I think the I think they can you know kind of have some type of I guess rejuvenation you know they're probably going to come off pretty like motivated after getting 37-10 by their division rival and just lost out on first place uh so give me the Eagles solely because I think it's going to be like a kind of like a redemption game for them oh dear um you know I, this is the most on the fence that I've been this entire season with the Eagles um because You've never not, picked against them yet. Never. It's not, it's, it's not even like I can say, oh, um, you know, they're not used to losing consecutive times because they've lost back-to-back games twice this year. So, I mean, I can't say that. And, you know, as much as I would love to say, oh, man, Dallas put up 37 points against that team. And I, the defense did have its flaws. But I 100% will say that it played much better. And on top of that, I don't think they can control the fact that the Eagles fumbled back to back in opening drives last last week. Like, come on, like you were in a 14 zero deficit before you could even blink your eye. So I, I can't blame they can't necessarily blame the defense for that. We know what the defense is. So it's just like it's not like they're giving up. They gave up like some extremely long play down the field. It was nothing like that. So I can't say that the defense necessarily played like terrible. I do think we lack a playmaker. Um, it was good to see Jalen Mills go back out there. It was good to see him get a pick, um, even though the game was already, you know, somewhat out of reach. Um, but the offense is what the real problem is as of right now. I can't, I can't keep blaming the defense. I finally come and realize that the play, the play calling is just not up to par. Um, and one thing that people need to really start paying attention to is the fact that the creativity and like the production on the offensive side of the ball hasn't been there since Frank Reich has left. It, it just is what it is. 2017, we had that fantastic season. We scored points in abundance. And last year we regressed. Even when Foles was in, it's not like we had 
played like so greatly and Foles like he had the one game where he went over 30 points against the Texans. That was it. It wasn't like he scored an abundance and went crazy like he did in 2017 in that playoff run, whatever you want to call it. Like it just is what it is. The the, the creativity is just not there. I don't know if Doug Peterson's finally being skills as, as far as like not being the best play caller or what. You know, he went into a situation where it was like he, he usually defers to get the ball, and this time he accepted it and he received the ball first. And it's like you just don't do that on the road. Gets <laughs> like you just don't do that in a hostile environment on the road. You don't get the ball first because that's when the fans are going to be the most enthusiastic. So that's another mistake that he's made. Um, I'm not necessarily writing Doug Peterson off or anything like that. I still think he's a really good coach, but I do think that he's somewhat of a pushover because. Hmm. Uh, he is he's, he seems really soft to me um this morning uh because lane johnson had said something after the game uh talking about uh you know there's people showing up late to meetings and this this and that and then they asked uh doug peterson about it on uh some radio show and he was like well i mean there's some people that come there i mean there's traffic so and it's just like what like, how can you, you like, what are you talking about? Like, I get, those bosses want to hear, wants to hear about traffic. Like, it, it just is what it is. Like, stop giving people excuses. Like, that's just, that's, that's just not what you want to hear from your, if your head coach. Bill Belichick is not going to want to hear anything about some traffic. Like, any great coach is not going to want to hear anything about traffic. And if you are late, it's going to be like some type of discipline. I don't think there's they lack discipline. Like overall, the defensive side of the ball, the offensive side of the ball, we shoot ourselves in the foot all the time. Whether it's penalties, whether it's just just unnecessary plays, we we just don't know what to do on misdirection plays. Like any reverse, any team, a high school team can run a reverse against this team, and I believe they'll get a first down against the Eagles defense. It's not the fact that the Eagles defense is bad; it's just how they're coached up. They're not. Is they're not thinking like, oh man, this could happen. Like uh, a misdirection play could happen. I think it's going to be a lot of this on Sunday. Like I don't know if it's going to be John Brown, uh, McKenzie. I don't. I don't know who is who it's going to be. But the fact of the matter is, um, just just think about this matchup. Uh, I, I do think that this Eagles offense matches up pretty good against this Bills defense. I believe the offensive line will have a much better performance. Dillard obviously was thrown into a fire last week. He didn't know what to do against uh, Robert Quinn, but he actually played better against uh, DeMarcus Lawrence, which was really weird. But um, (sighs) go ahead and do it, man. I'm going to go to bills. I'm taking the bills. Um, Mm. I I just, I don't think that the Eagles are going to write the ship this week. Um, Wow. I think it's going to be a close game. I would 100% 100% love to be wrong, but I think it's just to that point where I don't think the team is necessarily giving up on Doug Peterson, but they don't necessarily, I don't know if they don't like Carson Wentz, but it's not the same energy as what you would get when Nick Foles was quarterback. That's the 100% truth. Um, I think a lot of Eagles fans are starting to realize that. Um, I don't know if it's people just don't like Carson Wentz or if people just favorite favored Nick Foles because of, you know, he brung you the Super Bowl and Carson Wentz didn't. It's, it, it sucks. It's a horrible situation because it's not necessarily Carson Wentz's fault. I mean, he got injured. It is what it is. But 
Yeah. You know, one thing about Carson is that he, he's got to stop. Here's one big flaw he still plays hero ball. And yeah. it's like, you know, it, it's, it's a trickle-down effect from everything. So you're right. With Frank Reich no longer being there, your offense loses that, that specialness it had to it. It loses this big-time structure that it had to it. It's not Doug Peterson, which reminds everybody that, once again, which we're seeing it with Nagy also in um, Chicago, and I think they should be weary of with the enemy as well, which we're going to find out a lot about him over the next few weeks too with Matt Moore at quarterback, is that Andy Reid was really the magic with this team and that you're seeing these guys can't sustain that. Like, you know, one thing I, I noticed, we're going to get into the Bears and the Chargers soon too, but it's like one thing I noticed with the Bears is they're not doing some of the same things they did last year. The same thing with the Eagles. They're not doing some of the same things they did back in 2017. And it's just like, all right, so you lose the structure of your offense, and now Carson is stuck having to do a lot more things on his own. And it's crazy that Deshaun meant that much to you guys' offense because it's it's been a shell of itself since he stopped playing with you guys. It really has. You know, even that game where you guys beat the Packers, it's not like, you know, Carson had some crazy game. It was that they couldn't stop Jordan Howard. You know, yeah. he put the touchdowns on the board. Carson didn't even throw for 200 that game, I believe. He had the touchdowns, but not the yards. So, like, the offense just – it's really been Carson or Bust, and I get it, but the hero ball's got to stop for him. Yeah, and, and another thing is that this is, goes back to um, general manager Howie Roseman. Um, you sit here and you know that Carson Wentz plays better when we have a deep threat. It just is what it is. And the only thing you've done is address it by trading for a 32-year-old Deshaun Jackson and then – what did you do in the draft? There was like Miko Hardman available, Paris Campbell, you name it. There was abundance of deep, deep threats. DK Metcalf was still available. And you drafted J.J. Arcega Whiteside, which is basically another Alshon Jeffrey. Like a, a red, big red zone target. He's 6'3", like 220. He's not going to stretch the field whatsoever. So it's just like, what was the point of doing that? And it's not like you play J.J. You don't play J.J. at all. I don't think he's necessarily had a meaningful snap in the last two or three weeks since he dropped the touchdown against the Lions. And I get the frustration in that, but it's just like you have to get these guys on the field. It's not a matter of, oh, I mean, you know, he hasn't earned it or anything like that. I mean, you're not necessarily going to get any experience. You're not going to get any better if you're not getting on the field. Like, don't hear – they'll sit here and tell me about, oh, yeah, he's not doing great in practice because there's a case of people just not being great practice players, but – get on the field and they it, it's it's much better production it just is what it is so i'm not going to keep dwelling on the eagles but i do think the bills are going to win this game i love to be wrong but i'm taking the bills as of right now um yeah our next game oh now now it's it's jake's turn um we have the chargers at the bears jake i'll start with you oh boy um wow okay so this is going to be kind of an interesting one because you have two teams who are just playing like really really bad football right now um especially you know from the quarterback of chicago bears mr Trubisky. um it's just like i don't even know what to expect from this team because you know i would like to say Oh, well, Chicago can get it done with defense. Well, I don't know about that anymore because they've given up 60 points in the past two games. Um, I will say this. 
I, I don't know about my pick just yet, but I will say this. I know the Chargers defense is 28th against the pass and 24th against the run this year. So, for anyone listening, Bears followers, Bears fans, if Mitch does go out and light up the Chargers and act like, you know, like he did in 2018 and he plays well, because he does against pretty bad defenses, like, don't come on Twitter. Don't be like, oh, Mitch is back. Mitch, you know, Mitch is good. Like, we're good. Like, no, we're not. We're still not good. That's one good game. So I'll say that right now. Um, but with that being said, and this is going to sound like astronomically insane, but <laughs> I think Mitch is going to have a good game Sunday. I really do because he plays good against bad defenses. And right now the Chargers are a bad defense. Their secondary is bad. Like I said, they're 28th against the pass. I know Mitch. Okay. So let's, let's, let's get one thing straight. Mitch misses throws, and he misses open guys, and his reads are never really the greatest. Now, I know that's everything to a quarterback. Like, those are, like, absolutely imperative skills you need to have to be an NFL quarterback. But, like, statistically, he didn't play terrible Sunday. Like, he's not turning the ball over. So he's giving, him, he's giving the team a chance to win just by doing that. So yeah. I know he's not playing good. But he's not turning the ball over. Because if he's turned the ball over, it's a whole different story. He only has two turnovers on the year. He had, you know, he had 250 yards, two touchdowns, no picks last game. I know that's not good because all that was garbage time, and I'm not going to put sock into those stats, just like Nagy said. But I think it's more than Mitch going on. Now, obviously, Mitch is the number one guy at the end of the day. Like, he's going to make the throws. He's the quarterback. Like, he's going to be responsible for where this team goes on offense, period. The quarterback runs the show. But Matt Nagy, his play calling has been atrocious. Seven runs, seven runs, and 54 pass attempts. Now, I understand Mitch didn't play great, but who's going to play great when you're playing a really good defense, your play calling's terrible, and your coach makes you pass the ball 54 times against an elite front four. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, you, have, you have to have perspective on this. Because at the end of the day, like, everyone's going to say, Mitch played bad, and that's going to be the takeaway. And I'm not sitting here defending him. By any means, I'm not a Mitch Trubisky defender. I'm a realist. I look at stats. I'm a realistic person. Like, and the fact was, you have a great front four, with led by Cam Jordan against a depleted, awful offensive line this year. And, you know, like that's not going to add up very well. And then you have Mitch, who's not a very confident quarterback and a good defense and a good secondary and a good linebacking crew. Like you have to put those into like factor. So he had a bad game, like statistically, and he missed, you know, bad throws. And, you know, I get that he, he didn't make his reads. But at the same time, like it's not all his fault. It, it starts, you know, starts with the line. It starts with his playmakers. It starts with the play calling. It, it's it's a team sport. Mitchell Trubisky can only be as good as the team lets him. If Nagy's playing, I'm sorry, if Nagy's playing around and calling seven rushes a game and making him throw 54 times, he's not going to have success. That's not his fault necessarily. If Anthony Miller's dropping passes, if Trey Burton's dropping passes, if Tariq Cohen is catching a ball and running five yards backwards, not a bounce, and then showboating, like that's not on Mitch. I'm sorry. So. By any means, I'm not defending him, but at the end of the day, like, I think there's a lot more that goes into it. Um, I'm not going to say, like, he's good. I'm not going to say he's, you know, bad right now. I don't really know enough because he was coming off a bye week. 
on a shoulder injury, played a good defense with no help from his coach. So I don't really have enough to really judge. If it's continuous, and this is what I'm saying, if he plays the Chargers, the 28th worst team against the pass this year, and does the same stuff that he was doing earlier on in the year and doesn't put up at least 300 yards, two touchdowns, and, you know, like NFL quarterback stats, then you need to be really, really worried because last week was not a good game for him to come back on. So with that being said, I think Mitch will have a better game this week solely because they're not very good against the pass. The only thing I'm worried about is their front four and Bosa, you know, getting to him and rushing the passes and everything. And then I think we could see some issues because that front four is pretty good. Um, But with that being said, I think Mitch is going to have an okay game. And I think the Bears can at least start to get it on track, at least for a week. I don't think the defense is going to be that bad either because, you know, they played the Saints. The Saints are a really good offense. Um, the Chargers aren't the greatest offense. So I think everyone kind of, like, reels it in. They're probably not going to improve terribly, you know, much. But I think they'll have a good enough game to get the win on Sunday. So I'm going to go to the Bears. Dave? Well, I know I've never done this before real quick, though. But, I, you know, I'm going to dedicate this whole – Spill right here to my friend Tyler Mass Antler on Twitter because you know what? These are two teams that obviously one, somebody has to win this game, and two, if you're the Chargers, how are you really they feeling after left? Technically, you're they right. can tie. They, they can tie. That is three true. But come on, does it? Does anybody want? Ooh, whew, but do, do it. Does anybody want to sit through that though? Like, no. I don't even think Chargers fans want to. Chargers fans want to sit through a regulation game, or or Bears fans want to watch another sixty minutes of what they saw last week. Like, somebody has to. I guess eventually this game has to come to an end. And hopefully, somebody wins it. But how, if you're the Chargers, how do you feel? You know, better yet, if you're Melvin Gordon, how do you really feel? You know, like we, I have, you know, because of my boy, I've seen a lot of Chargers Twitter. And, they, you know, it's easy to put that loss last week on Melvin Gordon, but that's low-hanging fruit because Melvin Gordon isn't the first Chargers player to fumble from, you know, like the one-yard line this season. They've seen Eckler do it twice, actually. And it is worth pointing out that the Chargers are having problems at wide receiver. And how much on that last drive of theirs did we see Eckler line up at wide receiver and just go in on uh, the Titans defense, which is a pretty good defense? And it's like the 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 charges just flawed all around. You know, you guys just heard Jake talk about how Matt Nagy isn't you know doing Mitch any favors with his play calling. I was watching ESPN earlier, and um, I heard him admit like, "Yeah, I know we need to run the ball more." Okay, we'll do it. You know, like it, it's just some things are just so simple. But you know, like neither coaches are really doing their players any uh, favors, and the Chargers defense. You know, I know we played them a couple weeks ago on Sunday Night Football. The Chargers defense is it's a mess. They're not. They're talented, but they're not as talented as you as as we thought coming in. Joey Bosa is nice. Casey Hayward. They're nice. not a cohesive group. They're not playing as one. Exactly. Like, there's they're just not a bunch of all. isolated stars and a bunch of people who make plays, but they're not like they're not good at every level, and that's obviously very noticeable because the Steelers went into their own building and put up 24-0 like real quick. So, yeah. Exactly. Couldn't couldn't have said it any better myself. So it's like. Who? How do you come out on top? I, I, I was like, it's not even that the game is just hard to pick. It's just really like, this is this, and I think we might have to start doing this for maybe maybe next week we might have to go ahead and start putting forks in teams because they're done. And I think you know this Chargers Bears game is going to be a good example of whoever loses this game, your season is 
probably already like you know being an NFC Jake you know it's going to be really tough to climb back in if I mentioned earlier the Panthers could go 10 and 6 and miss the playoffs that kind of tells you all you need to know about the NFC so you know if you guys lose this is pretty much dead for you yeah, guys they, they got the hardest this. schedule in the league so they have they can't afford this they have to yes. win this game if they want to do anything you have to and that's actually why I'm going to lean towards picking you guys because you may Valid points. Do I do I honestly expect Mitch to come out there and have a game? No. But I do expect, you know what, let's get back to the basics. All right. If James Conner and Benny Snell could come out and run all over these guys, and we just saw Ryan Tannehill throw for over 300 against these guys. It's like we can come out here and put together some type of offensive game plan to just carve these guys up in one form or the other. They can't stop the run, they can't stop the pass. And so I'm going to take the Bears and <laughs> Like you said, if you don't do it this week, then you just really don't deserve to do it at all. So, yeah, give me the give me the Bears on this one. Um, Anthony Anthony Lynn, he sucks. Uh, Melvin Gordon, he sucks. Uh, oh, don't say that. Come on now, Melvin. Uh, don't say. I, I don't. Uh, he just he didn't do himself any favors, man. I, you know, I'm gonna be honest with you. I've never been high on Melvin Gordon. I really haven't. Like. Like what? What necessarily does he do that's like special as like a running back? I mean, don't put me on the spot like that. I mean, I, damn. I just I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But no, honestly, you know what? You're right. If when you look at the top tier backs in the league, the McCaffreys, the Kamars, um, hell, uh, Saquon, you look at these guys. They have remarkable specific traits. You know, things they're great at. And I think Melvin Gordon is. Really good at a lot of things, but I don't think he's necessarily great or lead at anything. You know, uh, I this offense isn't giving doing him any favors. I saw the stat where, uh, you know, of course, in the games that he's been back in, in versus even last year, uh, he has success running the ball outside the tackles. The Chargers, Ken Wizenhut specific, uh, in specifics, is very insistent on running the ball right up the middle. And this is why, you know, I saw last year his yards per carry inside the tackles was about what 3.4 and outside it doubled. And so it's like your play column is not doing you any favors. Either. And I think Melvin Gordon is a really good back. Uh, you know, uh, I, I, I think you put him around. He's a good receiving back. He's a good option. It's like he's not a lead at either one of them, though. But, you know, what? if you need a 1,000-yard back that will also get you 500 yards uh, receiving as well think that's him and get you your 10 touchdowns but he did not do himself any favors this year you, you lost yourself a lot of money you're not making yourself any money these last three weeks that you've been back in and it's just like man he's, damn. Gonna, he's gonna be a bargain in free agency uh, that's like 100 the truth like he's he, it's gonna be so cheap to get him like you you can't even like go out and demand like a high amount of money and you're playing this way i mean I, obviously there's like 10 games to get it right but like as of right now, like like I don't think anybody's gonna pay him elite money. Why? Like why would you? So for you to fumble in one yard line like that. No, and he had and that's the thing, like he's and he's and I'm not gonna let him be the scapegoat of this game because once again, like I mentioned, Ryan Tannehill, the guy that played wide receiver at Texas A and M. I don't know if you guys even remember that. Ryan Tannehill, you know what? His last year at Texas A and M really represents his career. And it's just like you guys let this guy come in here and throw for 300 yards on you guys, and he hasn't really started a meaningful football game in a hot minute. And it's just like, you guys are going nowhere at all. Nowhere. In the words of Jake, they're going nowhere fast. They're trending down. 
Yeah, 100%. Yeah, but I'm definitely taking the Bears in this one. I, I would actually put this on my parlay. If I, I don't know how confident you guys are in the Bears, but I think they can do I'm it. not at all. I'm not. The spread is only four. Uh, Bears minus four? Yeah. Ah, you know what? What's funny about that? Uh, I, you know, we can wrap it up about this one after this, though. I, I, I always see this. It's, it feels like every week Phillip Rivers is down uh, one score with like five minutes left, and he's driving the ball, and just somehow they never score the game-winning touchdown. It's either a fumble or a pick or a turnover and downs. So I might actually take the Bears to get that four points this week. To be real, with you. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like. It, it, that's it's been three weeks in a row. I mean, it happened last week. It happened against the Steelers, and then it happened against the Broncos. Like, literally, go all the way down the field, or you score and don't get the onside kick. It's it's either a combination or or whatever you want to call it. But they're always trailing, and they always have to put and 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 Philip Rivers always has to play like hero and like bring them back in the last like four minutes of the game or something crazy like that. So. I don't know. I don't even think it'll come to that because that offensive line is bad. Uh, Lamp just got put on IR, and he was already not really good in the first place. So I, it's it's not looking good. Like I, Khalil Mack hasn't necessarily done a lot this year. I think this game he's going to do a lot. I don't know if, if Russell Okun will be back. I I would assume he is, but does it matter? Didn't he? Yeah, that's yeah, what like I'm saying. Pulmonary something. I don't. Yeah. And it's like, okay, yeah, he's back, but like, yeah, you still gotta, you know, you still gotta get your feet wet. And I don't think playing against either one of, uh, playing against anybody on that Bears defensive line is gonna be necessarily beneficial to him getting his feet wet. I think he's gonna struggle to start off, and I, I think that Bears defense is gonna just, just swallow up anything that the, the, the Chargers do. They're gonna have a much inspired performance after what they did against the Saints, so... Uh, our next matchup, we have the Giants at the Lions. Um, Dane, I'll start with you because you had some things to say about Daniel Jones on the podcast ago. Uh, I mean, <laughs> just like, <laughs> you know, I think I, there was definitely uh, 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 the coordination of Daniel Jones. It, it was a feel-good moment. The Tampa Bay game, let's just be a good moment. It was good just to be like, ha. Ah. I told you so. But you know what? This man turned like already, and he's only been playing football in the NFL for about two months now. So this is wow. But um, look, man, I'm 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 not out on the kid totally, but I don't. This is a game that I don't have much to take away from, or really even have much to say about. You know, this is a game that if the Lions want to stay afloat in the, the NFC wildcard race, because I don't think they're going to catch the Packers at this point. If they want to stay afloat in the wildcard race, you got to win this game. So give me the Lions. I just, the Giants, the Daniel Jones is funny, man. He is funny. It's like you got the, you know, you got the Cardinals defense just, just, I don't know. They, they, they look like, uh, uh, like they did on their Super Bowl run, you know, sacking Aaron Rodgers, forcing the fumble. Uh, that, that might have been the year after year. Sacking Aaron Rodgers, forcing the fumble. Uh, winning the game in overtime. This is the type of stuff they was doing. Daniel Jones just had no awareness. And I mentioned earlier, like, their defense, the the, the Cardinals just ran all around them. And it's like they couldn't stop anything at all. So give me the Lions in this one. Jake? 
Uh, yeah, so I, my, am I good? My mic's tripping. No, you're good. Okay, because I hear something. It's just like. Yeah, that, that, it is yours. It's definitely yours. Yeah, it's just because of the setup. Yeah, I'll get it fixed. I'll get it fixed by next episode. Don't worry. Um, no, but yeah, I still don't think the Lions are like a bad team given like, you know, they lost three in a row. I still don't think they're a terrible team because two of those losses were pretty questionable, especially the one against Green Bay. Um, and obviously like that one against Minnesota last week wasn't really a terrible loss because, you know, they, they were competitive for a while there. So I don't really want to write the Lions off just yet, but I do want to write the Giants off as of right now because Daniel Jones has not been good lately, uh, despite, you know, coming into the league really well. Uh, he has not really performed up to par or nearly as good as an NFL quarterback should. I know it's his only, you know, his only rookie year, but I mean, come on, like you can't be throwing seven interceptions in the last, you know, couple games. So uh, right now, I think the Lions uh, will probably be pretty motivated. We know without carry on Johnson to get some type of uh, run game established uh, with Ty Johnson, and uh, I just don't think the Giants have enough right now. I think they're just going the wrong way. I think the Lions are probably motivated because they have no choice but to be motivated because they play in the NFC North, and they know if they want to make anything happen this year, they're going to have to win these type of games. So uh, I'm thinking Detroit gets that win on Sunday. Yeah, I'm also going with Detroit. The thing is, I mean, last week they played pretty competitive. Before it doesn't yeah, how close that game was. Um, then you had the Packers game in which, you know, the, the blown calls. Um, and then you even look at the tie. I mean, they, they were they were up by, like, multiple scores against the Cardinals, and they just had a complete letdown. So the record doesn't necessarily indicate how good that this team really is. Um, and, I, you know, the thing about Daniel Jones, like, if, if Matt Gay made that field goal, we wouldn't be talking about Daniel Jones, like even for that week. Like, it's it's crazy, like how a missed field goal really like changed, like how everybody was speaking about Daniel Jones. I don't think anybody would have been speaking of him really. Um, no, because we yeah. would have talked about the turnovers he had in that game. You know, yeah, it's like I mean, like I said, it's it's funny how a win can create a narrative and make you overlook certain things. And it's like, just to say, if they lose that game, we focus on all the bad things he did, you know. And, ooh, it's not looking good for him right now at all. It's, it's really not. And Sterling Shepard's not going to be playing again. Saquon's not 100%. You can see that in the Arizona game. Like, yeah, I, give me give me the Lions. I don't know if I'd put this on my parlay. Maybe, maybe I would, but I don't. I'm going to be honest with you guys, that all the listeners, I, I don't, I don't. I'm no, no longer doing like NFL only parlays. College football <laughs> is really where you go as far as doing your parlays. In, NFL, do one or two games at the most. I don't trust the NFL anymore. The last three weeks have completely bummed me out, and I'm just over it. So, yeah. Um, our next game, we have the Buccaneers at the Titans. This game would be a little bit funny. I, I don't know if it would be funny. Well, it would. It'd be funny and interesting because it would be Marcus Mariota versus uh, Jameis Winston, but obviously Marcus Mariota is on the bench now. So we get Jameis Winston versus Ryan Tannehill. Uh, Jake, I'll start with you. Uh, actually, go ahead and let Dane start with that real quick. I want to hear what he has to say. <laughs> all right. So, all right. So, uh, I'm I'm actually a little bit more on the fence in this game because what we saw last week out of the Titans offense, and once again, it was against the Chargers. 
defense, but let's be real, the Buccaneers pass defense isn't necessarily the 2002 Buccaneers pass defense. So it's not like this will exactly be a, a difficult task for him or anything. But Tannehill, for all his mediocrity and averageness, I say he's more average than mediocre. And all his averageness, he he was still uh, he still looked pretty good throwing the ball last week, and that's all it was. Your guys were there. All you got to do is just hit them and make plays. You got Tajay Sharp making plays. Corey Davis, the the the, the corpse the the corpse of Co- uh, Corey Davis. You know, not even that he's an old player. It's just like you forget that he's on the Titans anymore. Whether that was Mariota's fault, I don't know. I guess we're we're going to continually find out in the next few weeks. But on the flip side, the last time we saw the Bucks, my boy Jameis, meltdown, turned the ball over six times. My boy Mike Evans, key drops. He hasn't looked like himself this whole year. But, you know, part of me, my heart wants to pick the Bucks because now your back's against the wall. And I don't think Jameis is ever going to have a game that bad again. Uh, I hope not at least. But my head is telling me to pick the Titans because if Ryan Tannehill can play just confident, uh, not confident, actually, if he can play confident, but if he can play confident football and just give that defense a chance to do what they're supposed to do, I think uh, I'm torn. But you know what? Actually, fucking, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go with my gut. I'm going with Jameis. Whatever. Jameis hasn't a big bounce get. He's gonna have a big bounce back game. Uh, Ryan Tannehill's not going to throw for 300 yards this week. He's going to take a step back and look back like Tannehill again. And so, I'll, yeah, give, go ahead and give me the um, go ahead and give me the Bucks, man. I'm going to take the Bucks. This is going to okay. bite me in the ass, but I got the Bucks. <laughs> if, if there's anything I've learned from Ryan Tannehill and especially the Tennessee Titans organization as a whole, consistency is not their thing. Um, so I don't expect Ryan Tannehill to come out and throw, you know, for hundreds of yards again and have another good game, especially against the Buck defense, um, who's, you know, obviously a little bit better uh, and improved this year. This isn't just like the Bucks of old, you know, like this is actually a pretty decent, you know, defense, especially their front four. They speed you up, they make it quick throw. Um, so I don't think Tannehill's going to have a, a good game this week. And I think Jameis does have a bounce back game because he's due for one. It's, it's always how it's, uh, how that works, you know, bad game, bad game, good game, bad game. Like, you know, he just flip flops. Um, so I think Jameis will have a better, good game uh, this week. And I'm going to go with the Bucks. I'm going to go with the Titans in this one. And the one thing, the difference between Mariota and Tannehill is that at least Tannehill is actually throwing to his wide receivers. Um, and I guess that's why, uh, the production has went up from both Corey Davis and uh, and AJ Brown. Um, that Tampa Bay pass defense is just not good. Uh, James Winston, I don't, I, I, I can never trust James Winston. Like I, I, I can't, I, I can't, especially on the road. Um, it, it just is what it is. I, I don't, I don't necessarily know what I'm getting. I think Mike Evans will have a much better game. But I don't think that will really mean much. I still think Tennessee will win this game. And it only being a two-and-a-half point spread, I, I would probably take that as well because, I don't know. <laughs> I would put that on my, on my parlay, though. I probably am. Um, our next game, we have the Broncos at the Colts. I don't think there's really much to discuss here. Give me the Colts. Colts. Jake, how about you? Colts or Broncos? Colts or Broncos? Um, well, the Broncos just lost probably their best you know, receiving threat in Emmanuel Sanders. Um, and the Colts are obviously coming off a huge win against Deshaun Watson, which I did not think that was going to happen. I think the Colts are 
a lot better than we all think. Um, I know Dane's yeah. been on the Colts bandwagon, so shout out to him. Um, I'm going to have to go with the Colts. I just don't think the Broncos have enough weapons, especially losing their best receiver. And, you know, they just don't have enough around them. And the Colts are obviously trending in the right direction. If they can beat, you know, Deshaun Watson, you know, like a front runner for the MVP along with Russell Wilson, I think they could beat Joe Flacco in a struggling different Broncos team. So I'll give me the Colts on Sunday. And our next game, we have the Rams at home against the Bengals. I think this is a game that we can quickly swipe over to and just pick the Rams and move on. Bengals by 40. Oh, my God. Hey, I want to say, though, I was pretty close last week. I know you were pretty close. I, I see. Was, I told you. Oh. I, know, I told you that's the type of game that you don't expect the Bengals to win because you know it's all odds are stacked against them. There's like, oh, there's no reason they'd win this game. That's exactly why they'd win that game. Oh, you uh, guys, I don't know. He's probably not going to play, but I wish AJ Green was playing because I remember one time when the Jaguars and the Bengals uh, played, and yeah. AJ Green got out of character. You know, yep. Just like it it really reminded me of when Andre Johnson had to beat uh, Cortland Finnegan's ass. And it was like, you didn't see that come. You knew he could do it. But it was like, whoa, wait a minute. This the quiet guys doing this. And that was like AJ Green was upset, body slamming like, whoa, bro. Like, I wish he was playing on Sunday because that'd make it interesting because you saw, you know, Jalen Ramsey. Uh, against Julio, there were plays he just kept getting up in Julio's face, and by all means, it's not like he shut down Julio. I see the media keeps trying to spin it that way. Julio was having his plays to be made. Jalen made some plays too, but Julio was always going to get his. There's no doubt yeah. about that. But like Jalen likes that defense. Do look, he it looks different. I know we don't have to talk about this game at all, but trust me, he's an impact player. We all got the Rams, and I think this is going to be the blowout that the Rams need. Absolutely. Uh, our next game, we have the Cardinals at the Saints. Um, don't know if you want to uh, talk about. I this don't really want to get into that, especially if Breeze is coming back. Upset oh, alert! I'm taking the Cardinals. What? Wow! Upset And you know, and, and this is—I tell you why—and it's like nothing other than like it just being an upset, and I kind of feel like the Saints are getting to the point of being overdue. For a loss. Now, granted, we still stuck on the whole Pope accidentally hashtagging the Saints, and now the Saints are looking like a team of destiny. And uh, I hope that doesn't happen. But I'm taking the Cardinals in this one. And you know what? There's some good articles out there about this that I think everybody should check out. But the Cardinals, what's making the Cardinals special is their run game. It's their run game that's really keeping the offense more afloat as Kyler continues to find his way. They are running the ball Literally, like, if you look at what Oklahoma is doing on Saturdays, that is exactly what the Cardinals are doing in the NFL. And I don't think people were expecting this. And I know David Johnson. Oh, I didn't think. I forgot about that. David Johnson might not play on Sunday. Ooh. He's out. He's out. He's out. Damn, I'm already committed to it. You know what? I didn't commit to it. Whatever. I I take it. You know, if the egg's on my face on this one, by all means, rub it in. But I'm going to take the Cardinals with the upset. Just why not? I think the Saints are overdue for a loss, you know? You know, every time I root against the Saints, it, it, it never pans out. It literally never pans out. So I'm going to stick with New Orleans, but I don't think they're going to cover the 10-point spread that they have. I don't know why it's a 10-point spread. But Teddy Bridge, I, I don't think uh, Drew Brees is going to actually uh, play this week either. It doesn't make sense because you have a bye week after this game. You're already 6-1. and one. What's, like, what's the point? What's the rush? So I, I think... Teddy's actually going to play, and I don't think that they're going to cover that. I don't trust Teddy Bridgewater to 
to go out there and light it up against any defense. It just is what it is. I know that they did okay against the Bears, but it really wasn't. It's, again, it really wasn't Teddy Bridgewater just, like, moving the ball at will. It was just a lot of good play designs, like the handoff to the fullback, and then he tossed it to Taysom Hill. Just a lot of creativity in that offense. I don't think it was necessarily anything that has to do with Teddy. So um, give me the Saints, but I don't think it's going to be – a. It's they're not going to cover that 10-point spread. Uh, Jake? Also, I want I want to throw this in there real quick though that uh, that option play. I'm keeping a thread of all the dope option plays that happened this year on, on our Twitter page uh, underscore MTC podcast. You guys go check that out. You know, you got the Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry running the triple option together. Deshaun Watson ran the triple option on Sunday. So I was, a, you know, keep I'm keeping up with it. I, I I love seeing option football in the NFL. But continue. It is dope. Well, I'm going to pass it to Jake, though, for this pick. Uh, we're still talking Cardinal Saints? Yeah. Yeah, I've already made my pick. I'm going Saints. Uh-oh. Yeah, okay. no. Uh, next game, we have the Jags at home against the Jets. I uh, don't know if you guys want to put much time into this. But... Not Jags. really. Not I'm really. Going, I'm going Jags. 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 I mean, Darnold's ghost. I don't think that's something they should have put out. But I, I feel bad. Yeah, they shouldn't have. And that's the thing. Like, him seeing ghosts, I know we want to it, – it's funny. There's no denying that. But like we said, we what we saw with the Patriots defense last night was he, he looked confused. Adam Gayshon, once again, that the quarterback guru, a.k.a. the guy that got to be Peyton Manning's offensive coordinator that year, he had this historic offense. It's like – he he's not it, man. You couldn't adjust. And it was pointed out on the radio, it was like every time Sam Darnold came off the field, he, there was no do this or do that. It was like, believe in yourself. You got this. You know what you can do. Like, don't nobody trying to hear this shit, man. Tell him yeah, what to man. do. Tell him to stop throwing the ball, like just throwing it off his back foot, hoping for a prayer or something like that. So give me the Jaguars. It's just like, they're not it, man. I feel I, I feel bad for Donald, but damn, the team just ain't it. I don't feel bad for Le'Veon Bell, though. That's what you get. Mm. I, I just don't understand. Like, I, you know, I, like, <laughs> fuck the money, you know? Like, you were going to make money any team you went to. Like, he turned down the 49ers. Keep that in mind. Yeah. Turn down the 49ers. You know, I know the Eagles aren't like this crazy contender but he didn't he didn't go there either he didn't go to the Raiders it's just like like I don't get it I don't get it there was so many more options that he had but he chose the Jets because of the money and I guess the big market quote unquote so so we can see more music videos with Lil Durk which I still haven't pressed play on I ain't even gonna disrespect the man like that but I haven't Uh, pressed play on it I'm not gonna lie to you I haven't his music is terrible he made us listen to that album just to get an idea of where he was going is just, it was, it was nasty. It was just nasty. Never again. But yeah, I think everybody, everybody with the Jags route. So our next game, probably one of the more interesting games of the week. We have the Panthers at the 49ers. Um, Dane, I'll start with you. Oh, once again, being in the Carolina market, you know, Cam's already been ruled out, but it was good to see him out there practicing in front of the media for a little bit today just to let everybody know he's alive, he's doing good. Um, you stick with Kyle Allen until he's just not winning for you no more. That, that's just where we're at. And we still don't know how far away Cam is, but 
Give me the 49ers in this one. Clearly, it's at Candlestick. I'm not, ooh, Candlestick. I'm sorry. Levi. Levi. Candlestick closed a while ago. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's at Levi. There's the home game for the 49ers. Go ahead and give me them. We saw this is the same offense that, you know, held Jared Goff to 78 yards. And say what you want about Jared Goff, but that scheme, he's going to get his yards. His man threw for 517 yards, what, either the week or two before that. So, that, you know, this defense, is they're, they're going to do their absolute best. And they probably will shut down Christian McCaffrey in any way. You know, unless Kyle Allen can make this defense look like the Arizona Cardinals defense again, I'm not expecting the, the Panthers to do much in this game. So go ahead and give me the 49ers. Yeah, I'm going the 49ers uh, over two scores, I don't. I don't think this, this is going to be a really close game. So, um, Jake, how about you? Yo, your yeah. mic is going. I know. I know, dude. I, I just wish I could fix it, but it's not going to be something I could fix this week. It's just I got to get a new table and a stand. That's all. Um, no, I'm going with the 49ers this week, though. Okay. Uh, our next matchup, uh, we have the Browns at the Patriots. Jake, I'll start with you. Oh man, like. I thought this would have been a cool game, you know, like looking at the schedule to start the year, but not so much anymore. Um, the Patriots are on a roll, man, and they continue to play bad teams. You know how fortunate they are. I'm not sure. I think they're, I think the combined record of the teams they faced is, I believe 12 and 32. Um, so that's really, really bad. And it's going to obviously get worse, you know, playing Cleveland, um, and it's it's in Foxborough. I just don't see Baker Mayfield having the poise, having the confidence with you know with the way his season's gone, leading the league and you know with turnovers. I just don't think he's going to go into Foxborough and get anything done. Uh, and I think Tom Brady and the Patriots are obviously just unbeatable right now. And um, there's really no reason to pick the Browns. I'm gonna have to go with the Patriots on Sunday. Yeah, I'm also going with the Patriots. Um... <sighs> I would say over two scores in this one. Uh, I think you know Baker's already turning the ball over and a whole lot. I don't think I don't see that turning. Not at least not this week against this daunting uh, Patriots defense. So yeah, I'll, I'll take the Patriots by over two scores. Um, Dane. Yeah, upset pick again. I'm taking the Browns. Um, I, I'm <laughs> telling you now. The 7-0 Patriots, and much to Jake's point, actually, to counter Jake's point a little bit, we, we know they, they've played a bunch of nobodies these first seven games, and you say what you want about the Browns, but they got, you know, the Browns this week. Then you got the Ravens. Then you go into your bye week, and then you get the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Texans, the Chiefs. You get a, a glorified scrimmage with the Bengals, and then you got the Bills again. So we're really going to find out about the quote-unquote greatest defense of all time. Um, I've seen people try to throw them into the conversation. We're going to find out a lot about them over the next few weeks. But you know what? I'm taking the Browns because I just I just think like the the attitude this team has, some of the players, the egos, I think this is one of the games where like you get up for it. This is one of the games where it's like, ain't nobody giving us a, you know, any benefit of the doubt. Nobody believes in us. And can you imagine the sound bites that Baker's going to give if they did win? And it's like, you know what? I still see, I don't, I'm pretty sure you guys see these same commercials too. You see all these Baker Mayfield commercials on TV still. Yeah. He's going to have to do something to keep these commercials going, man. 
Everybody yeah. gets these commercials at, at first, but then when you start stinking it up, they take them away from you. So, like, I, I, I just think this is one of the games that can – it might not salvage their season altogether, but I think this is one of the games where you just get to see for once that being a gunslinger and really having that F you mentality, I think it's going to work out for him. Because I, I tell you what, Sam Darnold was scared. Daniel Jones was scared. Baker Mayfield's not going to be scared to play these guys. And thank God it's not a primetime game. It's not a primetime game, so we don't have to worry about them getting embarrassed in front of everybody. So, yeah, go ahead and give me the Browns in this one, man. Okay. You know, to be fairly honest with you, I wouldn't even be surprised if the Browns were able to come out and pull out this victory because we know what they're actually capable of. Actually, we don't know. But on paper, they're capable of pulling off wins like and, you know, I'm talking a whole lot about Baker Mayfield, but I got to show love to Nick Chubb, man. You know, he's yeah. he's been balling. You, you see, you see, like, you know, on one hand, Sonny Michelle had a good night last night, but Sonny Michelle has been running the total opposite of how he ran at Georgia. And here you got Nick Chubb after the knee injuries. He's he's running like he was when him and Ty Gurley bursted onto the scene so many years ago. It's like he's he he runs hard and he's the saving grace for this offense no matter what. He's he's really turning into that consistent running back that these that this offense needs to keep things afloat. So Nick Belichick's gonna try to key in on something. And you know what? This defense is gonna be talented. I don't think they're gonna be able to take away every single thing. So yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to this game. Yeah, me too. Um our next matchup, we have the Raiders at the Texans. Uh Dane, I'll start with you. Yeah, um, you guys know uh, one of one other trade we forgot to mention. Gary Arn Conley got traded from the Raiders to the Texans, and this man John Gruden said that he wanted to get younger at corner. But Gary Arn Conley is twenty four years old and was just drafted two years ago. So this is more so one of those we we ain't draft this guy. We don't want him no more. So um, I'm not sure what to expect in this game. Uh, the Raiders' offense is actually. Pretty – the Raiders' offense is good. I give them that. And I think it's also time that – I think I need to apologize about John Gruden because John Gruden can call some plays. Let's just I, – I, I doubted him because I thought the game might have passed him by. Now, John Gruden's still a good play caller. And if you guys, anybody, our listeners, if you get a chance just to watch the, the Raiders play, pay attention to what he's doing on that offense. It's like Derek Carr, like I said, Derek Carr – and that offense was moving up and down on the Packers. They just, when you turn the ball over, you turn the ball over. You could say that says a lot more about the Packers defense. I, I don't think so. I think they were giveaways more so than takeaways. So can give Gruden his credit, but actually it's no but. I'm going to take, take the Raiders in this one. I'm going to take the Raiders in this one. And I think um, the Texans, I'm not sure where you go from again last week. I think the defense is much, the, the Raiders defense isn't as good as uh as the Colts, but at the same time, it's not flat out terrible. Their run defense is a lot better. So I don't know, you know, just I'm going to take the Raiders in this one. I kind of feel like this is a toss up. Jake. Yeah, I still think it's also kind of a toss up because the Texans just came off a kind of a shocking loss to the Colts and the Raiders, despite losing. I mean, they still put up a pretty impressive output on offense. You know, they would have put up a lot more points had Derek Carr not fumbled again at the pylon. Um, so I'm not exactly sure like what to make of this. Um, you know, it's kind of interesting that they're, they're matching up this week, you know, after the Gary on Conley trade. Um, but it's just, 
I don't see the Raiders being like a consistent team, and I do see the Texans being a consistent team. So, you know, based off that, you know, Deshaun Watson, the way he's played, like, you know, this year, I just don't see the Raiders just getting a win over that type of team. So I'm going to have to go with the Texans on Sunday. I'm going to go with the Texans as well, and I, I do think it's going to be like a shootout. Um, both defenses really aren't good. I believe that the Raiders are going to attack Gary and Conley right away. They know his strengths. They know his weaknesses. So, I mean, there's a reason why they didn't, weren't scared to trade him to a team that they were going to play this week. Um, but I think it's going to come down to Deshaun Watson um, with a final drive coming down, scoring a game with a touchdown. I see something along the lines of like 36-30 or something like that. So give me the Texans. Uh, now we have our Sunday night matchup. Man, this matchup would be much greater if if Patrick Mahomes was playing. But we have the Packers at the Chiefs. Uh, Jake, I'll start with you. This game would be so, so, so much fun if Patrick Mahomes was playing. It's a shame for all NFL fans that we're not going to get to see Mahomes versus Rodgers. Because we got to see Mahomes versus Watson. But I think we all wanted to see Mahomes versus Rodgers because, obviously, Mahomes is in a way, just a better version of Aaron Rodgers with the way he makes plays. So I think this would have been really fun to watch. Unfortunately, it's going to be Matt Moore under center. Um, But I still think the Chiefs, you know, have enough weapons to, you know, be competitive in this game. You know, just because Patrick Mahomes is out, you know, doesn't mean Matt Moore can't get the job done. As far as game managing, they've got too many weapons, but their defense right now is just so poor. I know they just played good against Denver. They forced some turnovers. You know, they made some plays, but this is Aaron Rodgers we're talking about. This is Angel Flacco. Like, Aaron Rodgers just came off his best game, regular season game ever. He's never per- uh, posted a perfect pass rating until then. So, which is shocking to think about, honestly. Never. First time posting a perfect pass rating for Aaron Rodgers. Like that's That kind of is pretty shocking. Like, after he's 35 years old, like, only one time. Like, that's unbelievable. But um, aside from that, like, I just – the Chiefs defense is bad, man. It's real bad. And they're not getting better anytime soon. Um, so, I don't want to. I really want to be wrong. Like, I did, I do. Trust me. But I just don't see, like, the Chiefs having enough right now. You know, I think Matt Moore can game manage, but I don't think he can game win. I don't think he can get the job done. And I think Aaron Rodgers going against a bad defense, you know, especially just – with how poor they played this, you know, the past this year, I just think Aaron Rodgers and, you know, company is going to be too much. I think Devontae Adams is going to be healthy enough to play this game, I believe. So that's definitely going to be a big weapon for Aaron Rodgers to have back. Not that he needs it after the performance he had against Oakland, but I mean, it's just, it's just a matter of fact of QB versus QB at this point. Aaron Rodgers is miles ahead of Matt Moore. So I'm going to have to go with the Packers on this one. Dave. Yeah, you know, I'm honestly stuck on Jake's stat just now because he is absolutely right. I just uh, want to shout out Pro Football Reference real quick because they have a great play index tool. And I just literally just searched right now Aaron Rodgers' passer rating games over 150. And he's only been over 150 about five times, and this was his first game that was perfect. And I just would have figured somebody like that had more of those. But um, I'm going to take the Packers as well, but just wow. That was good, good stat, Jake. Wow. Shot, <laughs> but yeah, um, it's unfortunate. I know Andy Reid refuses to rule out Patrick Mahomes. It's like, come on, man, the man's kneecap was dislocated. You got Travis Kelsey on the Dan Patrick show talking about whatever you know when he first saw Patrick Mahomes on the ground, his knee didn't look like a knee. So it was just like, okay, this man definitely isn't playing, and you guys better not play him. 
this week isn't as important as the next few years. So let's let's be smart about that. But yeah, it's going to give me the Packers in this one. I'm not really sure what to expect with Mac Moore because less about him. Andy Reid does have a good track record with backup quarterbacks. Um, I think Reid can attest to that. Somewhere yeah. Kevin Cobb is still chilling off of that money he got from Arizona. Uh, so shit. Yeah, go ahead and give me the Packers though. Yeah, give me the Packers. I think they'll they'll score. They'll win by over ten points, but. Yeah, I don't think this is going to be like a complete blowout or anything like that. I do think early on it's going to be um, a back-and-forth matchup, so to speak. I mean, any quarterback that has Tyreek Hill at his disposal, I think, would be able to put some points on the board. It just is what it is. But I think this is going to be um, a game in which LaShawn McCoy has a really good game. Um, But at the end of the day, I, I believe that Packers will put enough points up on the board where the Chiefs won't be able to run the ball. Therefore, they'll start to they'll start to regress as the game goes by. But give me give me the Packers over ten points. Um, and then our last game, Monday Night Football, we have the Dolphins at the Steelers. Dane, I'll start with you. Yeah, be real with you guys. There isn't out of there isn't a lot of in depth. Uh discussion that we have about this. I, I, I'll be real with you. I think this is a team that still has a shot at a wild card spot. Is that just the fan and me talking? No, it's, it's some of what I've seen from a defense that's second in turnovers in the NFL. They're, the defense is playing just a lot better since the addition of Minka Fitzpatrick and losing Stefan to it for the rest of the season. He was going bananas the first, you know, the month or so before he got hurt. Losing him for the rest of the season is going to suck. But you got too much talent elsewhere for people not to step up. You're going to get Steven Nelson back soon. He's been playing lights off of them. He didn't play against the Chargers. So this is a game, like I said, if you – this is a game normally in the Mike Tomlin era they would lose just because when the games you think they should win, they would fuck around and just lose the sorry teams. But I'm not seeing it with this one. They they know what the mission is week to week. And even if they don't make the playoffs, they're not going out. They ain't going out like no chumps, man. How how would it look to lose to the team you're giving the first-round pick to? I think the goal overall for that trade to not be miserable is to not let it be really a top-10 pick, definitely not a top-five pick. And if you win this week, you're moving a step forward in the right direction on all fronts. So just go ahead and give me a steal. Like the Dolphins, it's nothing there. You know, Ryan Fitzpatrick can fuck around and turn into Ryan Fitzmagic. Or he can be Ryan Fitz tragic. You see what I did there? So all of that is capable of happening all within like a span of three consecutive plays. So I'm not banking on any. I'm not banking on them. So give me Steelers, obviously. Yeah, give me the Steelers in this one. There's not much to talk about. So in yeah, in the sake of my phone battery being at one percent and my microphone aggravating me to no other tonight, uh, give me the Steelers as well. There's not much to debate here, honestly. I mean, this, this is actually pretty good. We, we, we're actually like 30 to 45 minutes uh, earlier than usual, but that's due to the fact that the schedule re- really wasn't – it's not really interesting this week, so there wasn't a lot to dive into. Um, but another great episode, you, know, you guys. It was great, but this is what a, a podcast with no hope sounds like. You know, you know, and I understand being upset that your team got blown out on Sunday night football because it happened to me, too. It happened to me week one. So, uh, Reek, I totally understand. Uh, um, I don't feel like you guys feel right now because I have hope. Y'all don't. I just want to throw that back in there one more time, too, though. But it'll get better. You know, we we we, we got football still to look forward 
yeah. through this weekend, you guys. You know, maybe the the, the ships can be salvaged. Uh, uh, maybe Jake can stop angrily tweeting about his Chicago Bears because you can hear it in his voice. He he's it's, really disappointed. It's, it's very doubtful. Call. <laughs> I know, but you got to have something to look forward to, man. You, it, it's the I, point. I, I, I just don't appreciate the fact that my my GM moved up to you know and gave up all those picks for a, a you know a player that obviously had thirteen college starts under his belt. He didn't even have anything you know better than Watson or Mahomes, and yet they still picked him. I, I just I just never I'll never understand what Ryan Pace saw in him. I don't hate Mitch. I just hate the pick, and I hate the fact that he's you know forced into the situation and how he was welcomed to the NFL under John Fox and the way he was just kind of like forced to just kind of like, you know, go in the deep end. But it'll, it'll just, it'll always puzzle me. Like, you know, Deshaun Watson, you know, leads his team to, you know, multiple national championship appearances. Mahomes is a gunslinger, you know, probably like a generational type arm. You know, he's a playmaker. Mitch Trubisky, eight and four at UNC. He won like a bowl game or something like that. He you couldn't know? even be like, that I don't, Marquise Williams. Like, I don't get man. it, dude. That's what I'm saying. I'll just never understand why the Bears are just never afforded a good quarterback. Like the city of Chicago has been completely just That's unlucky. Crazy. Unlucky, man, because they have never had a great quarterback. And I'm going to be real with you. Jim McMahon was not great. Sid Luckman was probably their best one, and he still wasn't that great statistically. He had like a 137 touchdown to 132 interception ratio. Jay Cutler was not great. Mitch is not great. And then Harbaugh was okay. Fill in bridge QBs. Yeah, Harbaugh was all right. But I, I like that, to shout out Harbaugh being there. No you know. great QBs. Like, no, I'm nah, talking that's like what's great crazy. elite QBs. Chicago Bears have never had one, and it's it's pretty it, sad. But you, you know what's funny about the NFL, though, is that teams over the course of their franchise, like franchise existence, team, seem to take on an identity. Like, for instance, the Cowboys have always been about the – the running back, it's always been about the running game. The Bears, you are always going to think about just defense and toughness. Even when Mike Dicka was a player, you, he was tough as a – he was a tough-ass dude. Like, that's just what you think about with them. The Steelers, overall, you're supposed to think about defense. All of their big Super Bowl runs have included defense. And it's just like – Eventually, like maybe somebody in the Bears organization needs to speak into existence. Like we're going to get a good QB one day because man, you guys just keep falling into the same existence with all of the same. It's like all of these quarterbacks are the same, and not maybe not exactly skill wise, but in the end, it's like you see how much better they could be. Jay Cutler yeah. could have. I've always called Jay Cutler the anti Aaron Rodgers. He has all the same arm talent. It's just he's not a leader, and mentally, it's just kind of like. I'd rather smoke a cigarette. That's that's just what I feel like is going through his head. You know, even talking about Jim McMahon, because I look at how Jim McMahon has talked about in NFL lore, his personality might be more of his calling card than his actual play, you know. Yeah. But he, there was like, you know what, he was athletic. He could make some plays, and you just always wish that the passing game would have took a bigger step. And I'm not even going to bring up Rex Grossman. But you just oh. wish that they would – you know, the, the 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 entire franchise would just draft the quarterback. That's all you guys ever need. And whenever you guys do draft one, he's really going to be the savior to that city. Uh, just to be real with you, uh, I feel like a, a quarterback showing up for the Bears would probably not have the, the Michael Jordan effect on the city, but it would make them really care. Because I bet you Chicago probably cares. At the root of it, they probably care more about the Bears than the Bulls. But it's just yeah. the Bears haven't given them a reason to, you know, care that much like that. 100%. Yeah, 100%. I, I I can speak to that, too. I mean, since I'm kind of from, the, from that area. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, not, I'm only like an hour and a half. Well, I grew up an hour and a half from that area. So, 
I, I, I can definitely attest to that. They care about the, the Bears much more than the Bulls. So um, I, I think they're really close to getting a quarterback, though. I think next year will probably be the year where they get one. I don't think yeah, they, they're definitely going to go in on one this offseason. You got to. And it's unfortunate that Mitch, because like Jake said, Mitch is not a bad person at all. Mitch didn't get actually picked by the Chicago Bears. And you know what's crazy? Mitch did not tell the Chicago Bears to move up from number three to number two to draft him, because I'm pretty sure the 49ers were never going to take Mitch. They was going to go ahead and take the bus they had in mind anyway, Solomon Thomas. And so, <laughs> like, they had him in mind anyway. So it was just like, all right, that's cool, you guys. I yeah. Give me the extra picks. That was a lot of picks just to move up one spot, too. A lot of cap. And I know draft capital is just what it is, but really? Ugh. Man, you don't have a first-round pick this year. Damn, how you going to get a quarterback this year? I just thought about that. We just talked about that, like, last week. They don't have but a first-round you know, pick. You know, the crazy thing is, this is actually going to be a pretty deep quarterback class. I mean, you got Joe Burrow. We got Jalen Hurts, Jordan Love. Um, I think that's going to be a guy that goes in, like, the second round. Uh, you got Herbert. You got Tua. Um, I mean, there's a lot of quarterbacks coming they out. So go end up with Fromm and be stuck in the same position. Oh man, <laughs> I'll get Jake Fromm. I I would be so disappointed in the Bears, uh, extremely disappointed. But you know, we'll, we'll we'll see, we'll see. But I think their fortunes are are going to turn around at the quarterback position pretty soon. But yeah, yeah I, I, that'll wrap it up for episode 13. Um, hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll be back next week. Well. Wow, well, caught myself. We'll be back on Sunday with the week eight recap. And yeah, that's it. See you guys then. Right. See you.